We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Uh, big welcome into the month of April on Big Screen Sports. And as always, need to shout out our producer-level Big Chill patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Treese, James Kowalewski, Chris Mikoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire, the sponsor to all our patrons' movie episodes. Big shout-out to our producer-level patrons and anyone who has gone on over to patreon.com slash Sports to support the show. Uh, you get schedule updates, you get a big say in what this show covers, uh, and you get a cool sticker. Cool stickers. New sticker incoming. Uh, shout out to uh, shout out to the patrons who will be receiving that new sticker soon. More info on that on the Patreon page here uh, here soon. But kicking off April, great episode. Uh, I don't know if if you folks read the GQ profile of Nicolas Cage. It was uh, it was incredible. Um, man, I am. I've always been in the tank for Nicolas Cage, always had a lot of Cage stock, even more so now. So I hit up my buddy Brian Gill from Mad About Movies. I said, Brian, it's time. Uh, And by time, I meant it's time to talk about Gone in 60 Seconds, a movie that we both revere. Here's me and Brian Gill, Gone in 60 Seconds, starting off April with a little Nick Cage. Let's go steal some cars. All right, joining me tonight, returning to the show, one of my favorite guests, a longtime guest. He's the co-host of the incredible movie podcast mad about movies and also the nba podcast spread the floor it is brian gill back on big screen sports brian thanks so much for returning yeah man thanks for having me always fun always fun to be here you sent me the message you sent me a gif of uh of cage you sent me that article from gq and i was like yep let's do this yeah i'm I'm ready man yeah it's time we've been we've been floating this one for a while um, yeah, and that yeah. that cage, you know, we're we're having a little cages on right now. If folks, <laughs> if if you haven't read that GQ article, uh, the profile in Nicholas Cage, I'll probably link it in the show notes because just awesome, just a very very intriguing. We'll we'll get into a lot of the cage stuff. Uh, Brian, what do you guys have going on? Both your pods, the the Oscars recap you guys did 
very measured. I, I really enjoyed it. There's been a lot. Well, there's been a lot of discourse, and it was yeah. just good takes all around. I think from you guys because uh, it's it's already been a big overload. Yeah, I think that was a little bit. I mean, we we are not a take kind of show. I, I've always said you're gonna get you're gonna get my honest opinion, and and I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not to overdo it one way or the other. But I definitely had a sense of. This by the time we're done recording this, and we did, we recorded like the Oscars ended. I made a cup of coffee, went in my office, we recorded the episode. But very cognizant of by the time we are done recording this, there are going to be so many strong takes on the internet that uh, I think we could probably we will probably have already run the gamut of what can be said about this. So let's just kind of have a, a measured was the word you used and that's kind of what i was thinking so i appreciate it that's that went well then hopefully yeah no i thought i thought it was very good it was a, it was a good oscars recap you guys were able to focus on the other stuff that happened at the oscars um <laughs> you know the the coda momentum and things if that's sort over of, yeah i mean we're recording this on march 29th the episode's not dropping till april 4th so who knows mm-hmm. what's what's going to happen with that situation <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> from, yeah from now yeah. i mean Will yeah. Smith may, may be in jail by then. Yeah, if you, or, if you read Twitter, or he might know? be the president. Like any, he might be, he might be anything. But uh, <laughs> tell the folks, mad about movies, spread the floor. Where can they catch those? Yeah, like, you can get those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, we do. Mad about movies has been around for almost ten, well over nine years at this point. We have a hundred billion episodes. I think um, it's all lots of fun. We do a movie of the week on. Uh, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon and uh, and usually whatever the biggest movie in theaters is at that time or on streamers. Uh, and then we have a throwback episode every weekend as well. That's uh, like this week we recorded on a league of their own. That's on your beat. Sorry. We should have invited you. Uh, we, do, uh, <laughs> we do. We uh, do. We're doing a Denzel Washington retrospective this year uh, through the course of the year. We're, we're touching on like a, a five year span of his career uh like every month or every other month something like that lots of fun stuff on that that's matteraboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip if you want to get in on that extra episode spread the floors of basketball podcast nba me and my my co-host tobin uh just sit around we talk about basketball we hopefully have a non-takey kind of show have some fun with it while actually also giving a little bit of a little bit of insight anyway not a ton i don't think we're ever trying to be overly insightful it's just somewhere between a fan and like a a hardened, jaded uh, journalist kind of approach to things. So, everyone, go check those out. Uh, I am I'm a subscriber to the Mad About Movies Patreon. Uh, highly recommend that. But, folks, Brian, we've been we've been kicking this movie around for a while. A movie that came out in the year 2000, but was probably Jeez. on TNT this week. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about it. Is somewhat ageless, isn't it? It it's is. It's something we're going to talk about. Like it kind of, it kind of holds up. Like it, it's not, it's not as dated as you might think. It is in some ways, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Gone in sixty seconds, the two thousand car heist movie. Uh, stealing cars is a sport, as everyone knows. Uh, retired master car thief must come back to the industry and steal fifty cars with his crew in one night to save his brother's life. Starred three Oscar winners: Nick Cage, Robert Duvall, <laughs> Angelina Jolie, plus a guy who should have picked up an Oscar for uh, *Defy Bloods*. Um, just a ton of other people got a 25 on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> but Brian, I, I kick to you. I mean, this is one that you and I have 
have both talked about you know how much we enjoyed this movie. We get a ton of movies like this, and especially before we started recording, we were talking about just the Bruckheimer catalog. Just a ton of mm-hmm. movies like this in the '90s, early 2000s era. Just like grungy crime. You know, we got a heist. We got you know, a gang <laughs> of criminals. We got some crazy action stuff like that. Why do we come back to this? I think that the Bruckheimer movies are. I think that they understand that they are not like high class cinema and therefore they emphasize fun over anything else. They're fun movies. All all those Bruckheimer action movies starting with like Top Gun in 86 through I don't know like late 2000s maybe something like that. Uh all of those movies they may not be good. They may they're certainly not most of them are not great. It's fair to say these are not great movies. They're not winning Oscars. Uh nobody's putting Gone in Sixty Seconds into the the National Film Registry, the Library of Congress or whatever. But like That's only because I don't have a say in it, but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they if they just let the uh <laughs> if they let the people speak like the Oscars did this year with uh with, with Justice League, then uh maybe that that would change. But there's like a sense of identity with this is something I love about the Fast and Furious movies uh, is is very early when Justin Lin came into that series. He he kind of uh, he he kind of distilled uh, Vin Diesel's energy of like thinking that he's making the, the godfather of of uh, car movies and fully understood. I think like this is what these movies are. This is the identity this is what we can lean into, and I think that's a, that's what you get with the Bruckheimer movie. It's it's again, you know, if you <laughs> if you're talking to somebody and they're and you mention uh, the Rock and they're like, I mean, that movie kind of is not a good movie, right? You're like, okay, but like, did you have fun with it? Because it's a fun movie, and that's the thing that they get. Uh, I think more than anything else is Gone in sixty seconds is a, is a great National Treasure might be like the the peak of what a Bruckheimer movie is, at, and it is more family friendly, so maybe that's part of it. But but the this one I think is 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 up there on the list of of uh, of Bruckheimer movies that just like get what they are, and you you know what you're gonna get when you go in, and there's something really comforting about that, and that's probably why twenty two years later. Like you said, you can watch this on TNT um, or I watched it, you know, last night on on Amazon Prime and was just like, this is a blast. This is still a blast, even though I've seen this 100 million times and I'm well aware of its uh, flaws as a film. But it's a super fun thing. And that's what, what we want, I think, when we see one of these movies. And Bruckheimer gets that. Yeah, it keeps it super simple. And yeah. it, it's yeah, just simple totally. and fun. I think looking at the the Bruckheimer, just the, the, the library of Bruckheimer, I think the the a few times he can get a little, at least the, the movies themselves. And you don't know, you know, if it's Bruckheimer or something else where they can get a little out over their skis. I point to the mm-hmm. pirates of the Caribbean sequels where I think like yeah. for me, the first pirates is like the, it, that's peak Bruckheimer for me. Yeah. Uh, like that, I mean, just yeah. awesome, awesome movie would still watch. I mean, I remember where I was when I saw that, like that mm-hmm. one goes deep. The, the sequels try to do a whole lot. And yeah. not all of it lands. Um, but the thing, like when Bruckheimer's going at his at his best with just these kind of fun crime action movies, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. It's got a really deep, talented cast, and it it's like it's not trying to be anything. It's not. And this one, it, that in spades. I mean, the cast on this one 
is out of this world. Yeah. And and some yeah. of that is some some of that is like in, you know, with with hindsight in mind of, you know, eventually, mm-hmm. you sure. know, uh, eventually people who who became bigger and and won Oscars and stuff like that. But you still had Robert Duvall and Nicolas Cage who were who were Oscar winners coming into this. Right. And right. it's I mean, it's I pulled this from the IMDb trivia, but Cage said that the film has a kind of glorified 70s B-movie aura. And that is, yeah, that personifies it perfectly. It's great. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of, I, I don't know, dude. I, I, I don't want, at the, at the risk of repeating myself, I'm a big fan of just having fun with movies. Movies are supposed to be entertainment. Um, you can, you can dice this, this one. If, if you, re, if we really wanted to, I'm sure we can start pulling at threads and find stuff that are, that's ridiculous. Obviously, obviously there's stuff that's ridiculous about this and maybe we could, uh, we could ruin the experience for ourselves. <laughs> but, but I like that, that this movie, that a Bruckheimer movie generally, um, doesn't, I, I say this all the time on, on our show. It's like, it's the, it's the movie's job, especially maybe even, even more than any others when it's, when it is a dumb action movie kind of thing. It's the movie's job to not let my brain tell me this is stupid. And if 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 you can and I'm pretty honestly I'm pretty easy to please on that front. I'm I'm not uh, a deep thinker and I can I am very willing to go along with the ride as long as you don't give me a a chance to to exit out of it. And I, and I think that that this movie does that very well. I think this movie uh is absurd and and ridiculous, but there's like there's no preamble there's no um there's no like verbosity <laughs> within the way that it tries to present you said it's very simple and uh you're you're in it from from minute 1 because you're i mean there there's literally a heist in the first minute of the movie which is always and, the key to a, to yes, a good movie yes. like he, lock us in man heat, lock us in uh yeah. i mean it, it's just it's it's <laughs> sure. the move sure yeah it's a, it's a when you're going to see a car racing or excuse me a car, a car heist kind of movie how about put a car heist in the first 5 minutes that's probably a good idea and then cage is kind of the perfect guy to go along with with this mentality that we're going with here and uh so i i think that i think that it's just it, it really understands what it is i i, I wish Bro, Bro, i was looking at brockheimer's um imdb last night and i was just like he he does so much tv now which is cool. That's where the money is. I get it. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that film. I think that that movies miss what he brings to the table. I think he's really good too at kind of harnessing these directors. Like Michael Bay, absolutely should be calling Jerry Bruckheimer every day and being like, "Hey, I know I make a billion dollars every time I make a movie, but can we just do this together?" Because I think he has a way of. Uh, kind of squeezing down what like the worst impulses that a lot of these directors have. And, uh, you know, again, are you winning Oscars if you're making a Jerry Bruckheimer movie? Probably not, but you're going to make money and you're going to have fun. And that is what 90% of movies should be, honestly. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage is, is kind of the perfect actor for these Bruckheimer movies. And kind of going back to that GQ profile, I respect him even more after this because he talks about he took all those video on demand movies that we've been making fun of him for taking for mm-hmm. the past 15 years basically saying like yeah I, I needed the money and that's why i took those but i gave you know every everything i had to that role and that's what he does he doesn't like he doesn't mail these in he's not like 
he's not like James Kahn in the nineties. Like he's, he's right, really right. given it his all. And it kind of fits for the, for the Bruckheimer, you know, the, the Bruckheimer lead. Cause he, this, the rock, um, it, it, it really adds up. Yeah. I, I have this weird, I feel like Nicholas, I'm in a, maybe a, maybe a minority on Nicholas Cage where, and I am not all the way in, but I'm not all the way out. I guess he, he has his fans and they are rabid and very serious about everything that he does is, is fantastic. And I watch a lot of Nicholas Cage movies over the years, not even counting the, the, uh, the, the kind of straight to DVD ones. And I say, this is terrible. And he's terrible in this. <laughs> um, I don't think that he had, but I, but I agree with him. I've never, I have never thought to myself, he's, he's not trying, he's mailing this in. He just, I don't think he has a ton of range that's but it. He's he only has... got a few moves, and if yeah, if, and if it but, but lines what's... up into his lane, the, yes. it, that's it's going to be good for him. What's funny about that, though, is that you can say that about a lot of actors, and a lot of act. Some actors are really good about realizing that about themselves. Some of them aren't. It's fine. Whatever. We all we all have our strengths and weaknesses. It is what it is. His is so weird because he. I mean, he has an Oscar, and he deserved that Oscar. He's very very good in that movie. Um, I don't know if you saw Pig last year, but Pig was awesome. He should have been nominated for for uh, for for best actor for it. It was it was fantastic. And then he has this. He has like he has two or three lanes that are so wide apart from each other and so different. It's really funny that he has nothing in between them. Like there's just there's nothing you can hit that's going to uh, that's going to work and and he look honestly he looks he looks it's, it's kind of cringy when he's not in one of those those lanes but he's just kinda, it's very odd to have maybe to use your your kind of terminology it's very odd to have two different pitches like that and have them be you know like a 100 mile an hour fastball and a 65 mile an hour knuckleball it's just very odd to to be able to do those two things and not be able to throw any other pitches whatsoever. It's just, it's, it's crazy. He's got an interesting, very interesting career, but he, sorry to take it back to your point. He is perfect for these kinds of, of movies. And, and honestly, uh, the more he tries to do in those roles, the worse it gets. Con Air being like the great example of that, of like, well, I got to do a Southern accent. And you're like, no, you don't. You absolutely (laughs) don't. Just, just be here, get the hair. That's totally cool. We're gonna love this movie. We do not need the accent. It would be fine otherwise. It's yeah. all time bad Southern, but this one matches. <laughs> it's so bad. This one matches yeah. him up with with so many good talented actors too, and it, it fits. Like yeah. I've we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Uh, Hall of Fame All Star starter bench former sports movie quote unquote. Gosh, I. I, it's 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 definitely it's gotta be it's like some it's like the guy who makes the all-star game one time over the course of a, a solid 10 or 12 year career he's it's like somewhere between starter and all-star because again not if you're if my if my dad is listening he's like gone in 60 seconds is an awful movie I'm like, <laughs> okay i understand i get it but like is it watchable yes is it rewatchable oh my Extremely. gosh yes. and so yeah you know it, it gets it gets up some points and maybe a lot of points for for that rewatchability and just the the general man, this is fun kind of vibe. Might be one of the best cable movies of all time. Like it's, yes, it's so good when yeah. it's on. And again, and it doesn't big benefit doesn't lose anything from cable really because it's not mm-hmm. like it's not mm-hmm. overly you know I, I think it's PG thirteen and so it doesn't lose anything. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like an all star but it, real solid starter that that makes the all star team a few all star game a few sure. times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I pulled a couple bits from the IMDb trivia. This one has a long, a long text for the IMDb, but 
a lot of them mm-hmm. are really bad. Like this guy yeah. started with this yeah. guy or like this, you know, like those are my least favorite IMDb trivia. We're like, cool. We're on IMDb. We know how to figure out if two people were in the movie yeah, together. It's like, that's, that's not a trivia question. It's awful. Tidbit. Um, Nick Cage did most of his own stunt driving for the film. Just doesn't surprise right. me. Doesn't surprise me at all. Um, guys like him got very serious about it too. Oh yeah. He like went to the school and everything. I love that. Yeah. It's fun. This is one that I didn't know. And I think you, I assume you went through the trivia cause you sent me, you sent me one that I'm about to, about to read, but, uh, this, before we get into that, this one, I didn't know after some disagreements with the, uh, director about the rewriting, Scott Rosenberg left the project writers, Jonathan Hensley and JJ Abrams came in and did an uncredited rewrite of the script. Man, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah had no idea. Had no idea on that until, until this time around. Yeah. Uh, JJ was a really well, well respected, uh, uh, script writer and, um, and a, and a, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a fixer on, on, uh, script editing sort of stuff. Like, gosh, what, there's a better term for that. And I'm losing my mind. So it's like the Michael, think of it. he's like Michael Clayton. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, like Carrie Fisher was a really, really under, underknown. Uh, she, she did script doctoring. That's what I was trying to think of. Sorry. Goodness gracious. Um, did, did script work on like dozens or hundreds of movies that are unscripted. But yeah, J.J. Abrams was, was, or uncredited, excuse me. J.J. Abrams, same thing, did a lot of, uh, of script work that, that probably isn't on his, his, uh, filmography. But I didn't, I had no idea he was, he was associated with this at all. Yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty lost. Um, this is the one that you sent me earlier. The title was translated to come in 60 seconds when released in some Greek theaters, which who yeah, boy, it's a different movie. That's a very, different di- very different movie, Uh different kind of theater that would play. In. I'm not here as the guest host for, for that episode. <laughs> okay. So this one really has nothing to do with this movie, but I could not bring it up. I have no idea how true this is. Timothy Oliphant was the studio's first choice to play Dominic Toretto in the Fast and the Furious, but he declined. <laughs> wow. I wow. can't. What a different thing that is, right? One, I can't. I, I don't know if I believe that, mm. but mm-hmm. that is that is cr- just crazy. That that to me like Toretto would be a darker yeah. Toretto because because Tim Oliphant oh, can yeah, get to a yeah. place that Vin Diesel is incapable of getting. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see, and I wonder if this has gotten lost in translation over the years. I I one hundred percent could see that version of of t- who Timothy Oliphant was in in, in two thousand in nineteen ninety nine. I could totally see him in the the uh, in the Paul Walker role. Yeah, but the the Toretto role, no way. That's a totally uh, that's that's a totally different it's a totally different ball game. Um, so I'm glad that he he turned that down because I think. A, I love the Fast series, and I think they're better for Vin Diesel. But also, I love Timothy Oliphant, and I would, I, I think that he maybe wouldn't have been great at that in that role if it, unless they, you know, I mean, obviously in in scripting, maybe you change the way that that character is uh, and whatnot. But he definitely isn't the Dom Toretto that we know. No, for sure. no, it it's a much different movie. Okay, so we are actually this month of april we're changing up the show format and folks if you had joined the patreon you would you'd have known this is coming but if you didn't uh (laughs) surprise surprise so we're gonna lead off uh the most authentic and least authentic parts of this movie is there something i mean listen this is a jerry bruckheimer car heist movie is there something to you that jumped out (laughs) as the, the most authentic um a brother's love 
obviously Brothers big love, part of good this theme. thing. Got good it. theme. You and I noted <laughs> criers. This isn't really a movie for that, but uh, Brothers yeah. Love runs deep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I feel like at least I don't know if it's actually authentic or not, but at least from a from movie authentic, the uh the the sort of 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 rivalry between Memphis Rain and and Delroy Lindo's character, I think is cool. Like him Love coming that. back to town and and him, you know, and and Lindo coming in on it immediately. Um other than that, I mean, you know, can we is there a whole lot of authenticity? Probably not. They steal 50 cars in one night. I'm not sure that that's uh that that's like a documentary, but uh but right? Like it's all good otherwise. Yeah. I kind of so on the brothers love thing, I kind of pointed to as authentic this the speech that uh that Cage gives uh Rubisi when they're out, out of the porch. Gleaming in marina blue, sunfire yellow, marlboro red. Begging to be plucked. And I'd do it. I'd boost her and just blast Palm Springs, instantly feeling better about being me. And then, the next day, it seems like I'm getting shot at. My friends are dying. People are going to jail. I didn't like what I'd become. And he's talking about like why he got out and he's like, you, mm-hmm. he's talking about it, why he loves stealing cars and stuff. And he's like, you look up, you see your friends dying, you see your friends going to jail and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of times in, in crime movies where it's someone trying to get out, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, trying to get this last score and then I'm going to go live on a beach somewhere. Like, it's always like, I'm doing this for this. And then it, it's never mm-hmm. like, man, mm-hmm. this is just a terrible life. Like being being a criminal yeah, is not yeah. is not is truly not a very good life. So I thought I thought that was thought that was interesting, especially because a lot of Jerry Bruckheimer movies are like crime, good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like doesn't hurt life. anyone really, does yeah. it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, the, I, this I one doesn't make sure. you want to be a uh, doesn't make you really want to be a car thief. You're like, ah, these people are living pretty close to the edge. <laughs> like, doesn't doesn't seem great. Right. Um, right. I yeah. have two for least, and one is uh, you just kind of pointed out with the 50 cars in one night. Uh, my buddy J.R. Hickey, uh, he he had a tweet. He said this to me. He said the Gone in 60 Seconds crew scouts 50 cars the night before they steal them and have no backup plan if any of them get moved. <laughs> Which is, Yes. And like yeah. a lot of some of them are in parking lots and stuff and you have to feasibly assume in the next 24 hours they're getting moved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the ones where they're like at the home you're like, "Cool, got it." Yeah. <laughs> the ones where it's like, "Well, hope he goes to that casino cuz otherwise we are in trouble." Yeah. Is a is a funny bit. Eleanor yeah. is in a parking garage? Like the- Yeah. <laughs> no protection for that car whatsoever. Like the the most rare car, the difficult one. The, the special car and it's just like in a tunnel somewhere. It's pretty, it's pretty, that's pretty funny. Yeah. They're making it, making it easy on them. Um, yeah. <laughs> also the guy in the Benz dealership risked a felony conviction. Like he is a, he, he already had a felony. So this guy is, has already been in jail. Second time offense from, from what I know about the criminal justice system it mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. not great. If you get, you get popped again, <laughs> he probably risked 20 years in prison for $1,500. Yeah, not not a great strategy. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. A lot of a lot of criminals aren't that bright, but um, I would I would definitely suggest that 
that that that that guy get out of a life of crime because I'm not sure he's cut out for it. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not a good criminal. Uh, is there <laughs> is there a least authentic thing that popped out to you? Beyond just the concept of, I mean, I love it. I'm 100 percent here for it. But the the concept of we have we have not even 24 hours. We basically have 12 hours to steal these cars. Uh, is a is is kind of a. It's shocking that that wasn't like the tagline of the movie. Honestly, uh, it it feels like because it's an awesome tagline. Like if you yeah, talk totally. about if you <laughs> talk about what worked in this movie, like going into that, steal yeah. fifty cars in one night, or your brother dies. That is an yeah. awesome plot. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It it if that was the tagline, then I would be saying this movie feels a little bit like it was based around a tagline like somebody threw out a tagline in a meeting and then they're like oh yes awesome and then wrote a script based on that so is it inauthentic sure do i care absolutely not super fun when we talk about bruckheimer that's kind of how i feel about days of thunder because days of thunder works in a lot of these like nascar stories like a lot of it is based on on nascar lore and stuff like that like this stuff Mm -hmm. happened and i feel like it was bruckheimer Don Simpson and just a mountain of cocaine. And it was like, this thing happened in NASCAR and they're like movie, put it in the movie, got to figure it out. We're going to smash all this stuff together. And it was probably, probably the same kind of thing, except it was like the late nineties at that point. And they're like, we're getting older, like a smaller mountain of cocaine. And it's like, okay, 50 cars in one night. We can do this. Call Robert Duvall. He's the perfect choice for this. He's the perfect choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, that's the same as like any given Sunday. Any given Sunday has so many things that happen where it's like, uh, it's very clear that Lawrence Taylor, who spent the entire decade just coked out of his mind, was like, this happened one time. And somebody was like, yep, absolutely. Let's put that in the movie. It's 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 a similar thing. So yeah, I this is a little bit toned down from, from Days of Thunder and kind of figures out to A, heist are awesome, but B, um, people probably would like a car chase just as much as they like a car race, mm-hmm. right? Like, so we could we could just we could double down on that and get sort of the the same the same feeling with it. Yeah, and it does. I mean, it does the job there with the car chase. But oh, for sure. Going into what worked, is there a better criminal name than Memphis Reigns? <laughs> yeah, and 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 the exact opposite of that. It is hilarious to me that his name is Memphis Reigns. And his brother's name is Kip. Kip. Just like, come on, man. He can't have a cool name too. He's got to be Kip. That's that's a tough break. That's a and tough I, break. I love that. But the Memphis detective, Rain is an A plus name. Oh yeah, but the detective is the only one who calls him Randall Rains. It's like he's a second grade teacher. It's like he's like double door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's just like, laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, absolutely. talk to me about the the Delroy Lindo and Cage relationship in this movie because it's one of my favorite parts about this movie. I love it. I love Delroy Lindo. I think that he is like, it's been so cool to see him have uh, a moment over the last couple of years. And I still can't believe how little love the five bloods got at oh, I, awards and the Oscars. And I'll, I will never forget. I will never forget almost, almost every year. There's like never a time with the Oscars that I am, I you know, we, we see those nominations and I'm like, yep, five for five. I was the, I had the exact same group, but usually it's pretty rare when the one that I'm like, that's my winner hands down doesn't even get nominated. That was, and that was the case with it. Anyway, Lindo's awesome. He has been, he has been doing great work. Like, I feel like he was born fully formed as a great character actor. And I, I don't mean that in any way to take away from the work that he has done or the education 
or anything like that. He just seems like he was born and then 18 years later he looked exactly like he looks now <laughs> and he was the best character actor ever. Um, I love that guy so much. I love him. And he is so much fun with Nick Cage. And they're a great, they really are a great match because Lindo has that, um, that sort of the, the, the intensity in his eyes. Even when he's doing a fun role like this, I, I thought he I thought he plays with Cage so well, and it's and it is maybe honestly it's probably the best part of the movie other than just the the concept of we're gonna steal fifty cars in one night. It's really fun, and it it actually again we talked about Cage not having a lot of range and all this sort of stuff, but like in those moments when he's working off of 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 Delroy Lindo, it like it feels like there's a vibe there, and it feels like we're getting the he's it's it's like he is. It's the iron sharpens iron thing. It's like he's coming up because of how awesome this guy is that's working across from him. Yeah, and Lindo is able to adjust to kind of Cage's zaniness, especially that that scene mm-hmm. outside the cafe or whatever it is. I get this call from his uniform, you know. Axton, very nice man, remembers everything. This man calls me up, says, guess who's back in town? I say, who? He says, Randall Reigns. I say, Randall Reigns, the car thief? He says, yeah. I say impossible. He says, no, he's back. I say, no, he's not. He says, yes, I will bet you $200. I just saw Randall Wayne's. You guys said a lot. Look, detective. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's really, really ironic about this, two nights ago, we snared these 13 fresh stones waiting for export. Right? Now, at the time, I'm thinking, this feels like Randall Wayne's. I didn't have your panache, your uh, flash, but just felt like Randall Wayne's. And now here you are. I mean, he's... You could, you could lift this performance of his and drop it into a more prestige cop crime movie, and it yes, and, yes. you know you make some dialogue adjustments, and it it's gonna fit flawlessly. And he's got, you know, he he's got Oliphant kind of being being the the comedic relief partner in a way, or at least being like the quippier partner. But he's the the relationship between Lindo and Cage, and like I love the. I love the always love the mutual respect in a way cop criminal relationship, you know, like obviously the the mm-hmm. scene at the diner and heat and and that whole thing like the when they both know the you know the cop knows like oh this is a criminal this guy steals car you know that whole thing <laughs> I I really enjoy mm-hmm. that is that is a bit that I will always go for in movies and this is one of the best examples of that. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, you're exactly right. It in and, and to Lindo's credit cuz I haven't gone on about how awesome he is enough the you're exactly right he has an energy that would be that would fit in a Michael Mann movie just as much as it it fits in this and it would be very easy to say for him to do that in a way that would like take away from the movie or make you feel like he's in a different movie um I think that's like uh that's like Jared Leto's thing, you know, like, I don't know if you saw House of Gucci, oh but, God, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's some people really love that. If you did, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to dog on the things that you love. I felt like Jared Leto was, uh, got a completely different script and was in a completely different movie than everybody else in that, in that movie. And I hated it. It took away from, from the movie exponentially to me. Delroy Lindo is like doing something that could be a much more could work in a much more serious minded movie, but it never feels like at the sacrifice of what the movie is going for, which is this good. That's, you know, you're doing the job then, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do there and, and above and beyond. even. Yeah. And see, I walked into house of Gucci thinking kind of with the same mindset I have for gone in 60 seconds. I'm going to watch people just steal a bunch of cars. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this be, I, I went in for the ridiculousness. 
Um, sure. sure. There is definitely a different. I mean, not to not to rehash 2021's House of Gucci dialogue, but there's <laughs> there's definitely a d- different avenue that that movie could have gone down. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, what sure. else worked about this one? Uh, you know what? Pretty solid soundtrack for 2000. Yes. Um, Moby it, in it the is, credits. Yeah. Right. I mean, credits. it is it is exceedingly the year 2000. Like there's there's probably nothing on that soundtrack that uh is a hit in 2002. You know, I mean it's it's very of a time, uh. But but it it I think it works really well for the time and it works really well for the movie. The the theme is good. That kind of like yeah, the theme is really good. Yeah, every time he yep. sees Eleanor, like that that one's really good. Yeah, definitely love that. And then I think the the whole uh the list of cars with, with, with women's names and writing it on the wall. I think that's a fun bit and it seems a little smarter than much of the rest of the movie. Like the way that they track to getting the black light glass and everything is really cool. It's a fun that again, that could fit in, in a, in a, I don't want to call it a better movie, but a more serious minded movie. And I think it's fun, but honestly, anytime just, just steal things. Stealing things is fun. Stealing things is great. And you don't have to, I think movies get in trouble when they try every movie trying to be Ocean's Eleven. It'd be like, this has to be the most clever heist in the world. And like, yeah, they don't really explain anything. It's like these people know how to steal cars. The only thing where there's any sort of technical bit involved is the the thing with the Mercedes keys. But other than that, it's just like, nope, they're going to walk up. They're going to pop the lock. They all know how to turn off the alarm. They're going to steal cars like they don't get crazy with this. Yeah, I I mean, it's again, it's pretty stupid, but. It gets a laugh out of me every time, and I've seen this, I don't know, five dozen times over the course of my life. In the very beginning, when when they pull up to that Mercedes dealership, and, and Rabishi says, I got to get my tool, and opens his trunk, and it's just a brick. And he just <laughs> That's funny, man. Like That that plays. That works really well. And I, I agree with you. It's it. This movie, did I love Ocean's Eleven. That's a top 10, top 15 movie of all time for me. I love that movie. I love heists. I love a clever heist and and tricking the audience while you're tricking the characters and all that sort of stuff. But you, to your point, not every movie has to be that. This movie loses something if they try to go down that road. And oh, instead yeah. they again, it's identity. It's just I know what this is and I'm going to give you what you're expecting here. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that Eleanor, which is it's I think it's the biggest callback to the original, the 1974 original, but is is that thing kind of hanging over the whole movie? I, I like that they set that up because they're they're really setting us up for that kind of big chill moment at the end and the the big chase at the end. But I mm-hmm. I like that that they they run the theme with it every time he sees he sees it early when they go back and scout it. Thankfully, in the parking garage with zero security, just parked <laughs> next to like a you know like a, a little sedan. eighty thousand dollar car yeah. that this guy just doesn't care at all about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one thing I didn't have a place for this. I just I literally just wrote a new category and said unintentional comedy. Kalitri makes the coffin, you know, for effect. Like he's like, you know, yeah. the, his yeah. whole little woodworking shtick. But he also like gets the pillow and lining for it too, which means like he's yeah. he's yeah. making yeah. this coffin to intimidate someone, but he yeah. he then at some point But he's also, not a monster. No, you know, you know he's, he, He's not putting them in a plain wooden coffin, but he ordered a coffin pillow and lining and like did, did that too, which yeah. really cracked yeah. me up. And the bars on the side of the coffin and everything. Yeah. It's a, it's a, the handrails, whatever. Yeah. Where are we uh, on Raymond Kalitri as a, as a villain in this one? You know, 
He's not good. No. But I think that he fits the movie great. This movie doesn't need a villain, you know? I mean the he he does ex- he does what he's supposed to do. He he he's a the, the the villain of this movie is essentially a MacGuffin and he's he's there to set them on there and that's it. It's not he's not there to be a nemesis or a foil for them or really even like an antagonist. He just is a plot point in human form basically. Yeah. And so that's fine. I love that. Like I was looking at the IMDb too, and apparently he recognizes. I'm not. I don't. I don't like that. He says it's a, it's a bad movie, and I'm bad in it. And I kind of there's a certain amount of respect that I have for a guy like that. That's just like, yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't my best work. So you know, I think they needed to even tone him down a little bit more because mm. they try to get clever with some of his villain dialogue. The one yeah. when when uh, he finds out that like they they tell him that Kip has gotten away and Memphis is is he's like decides he's gonna kill Memphis. And it's the one rains is as good as another. When it rains, it pours. And it's like yes, you just yes. you just didn't need yeah. to add that on. Yeah, it was it's like the Michael Scott uh, speech open thing. He was like, I did. I'm gonna try out all the lines I have here. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really. And the same thing with the with the whole woodworking bit. You know, at the end when he's like, No, no, don't put it down. Put it put down the bench. Like he's gonna stop from killing Nicolas Cage with this this giant knife. Because he doesn't want his bench to get messed up, it's 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 kind of ridiculous. It's, like, definitely could have gone a little bit different direction with that. Yeah, it's like it's like me, like someone holding up like my external hard drive with the with the copy with the podcast draft. No, no, don't, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So for for what didn't work, I mean, like you said earlier, if we wanted to get super nitpicky, like we could yeah. pick up the yeah. one. The biggest issue for me is it it's a full hour until they start stealing cars. And this one yes. really gets going when the heist itself starts. An hour is too long for that. I think this movie this movie is almost two hours long. It's like an hour and fifty seven minutes. This movie probably needs to be ninety to a hundred minutes. I a hundred percent agree. I say that all the time on on Mad About Movies. That's like one of the the most common criticisms that we give is that a movie needs to be a little bit shorter. We need to trim some of the fat. Uh, and th- this is a, that's a great one. You you have that that uh, that uh, heist and then a car chase right at the beginning, and then it pretty much there's no there's almost no action except for Johnny B. Like the B story with Johnny B is there exclusively to give you something actiony during this very long stretch where we're not getting anything actiony. And I respect. I mean, I in some ways I appreciate it. It's there. That's not like. It's not important to the plot whatsoever. So you could say, hey, we just cut that part. But you would go, if if you just said, hey, we're cutting that, we're going to roll with the rest of it, you got a long stretch where there's nothing that really happens except for dialogue, and that's probably not what you're going for in this movie. But yes, I agree. Not enough not enough heisting in this heist movie um, is is a big thing. That, that It would be cool if they could have figured out a way. Now, I don't know how you do that necessarily because I think, again, the – the pull of the movie is we're going to steal 50 cars in, in one night. Uh, but yeah, it'd be cool if we could intersperse some semi-meaningful action heist stuff throughout the course of, of the first hour. Yeah. Because you really, I mean, you get, you get our plot early, like Kit messes up the job. Memphis comes back. Here's what it is. You need to get the band back together, which I, I love one of my favorite things in movies. Mm-hmm. And then you need mm-hmm. to scout the cars and we, we need to kind yeah. of get to that. We need to get to the night of the heist as fast as possible and let, Lindo and and Oliphant kind of 
build their case or at least kind of have their plan too because we need to we need to know how mm-hmm. they're how they're going to attack this since he knows that um that memphis wants to to steal the cars uh okay jolie's hair just horrible yeah just horrendous (laughs) she um it's i'm trying to think of a an appropriate uh male counterpart for this because man we mentioned one on the show recently I mean, Leto's Charlie's cornrows and, and uh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, there's a good one. Um, because Charlie Theron does this all the time. Yeah. Sometimes, like I told it, you're an actor. I totally get it. Like we're talking about some of the most beautiful people on the planet. Just objectively, Charlie Theron and 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 Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and and Jared Leto at a time. Like I'm not even I don't ever want Jared Leto on my screen when my wife is in the room because she she just harkens back to my so-called life and it's like I'm it's uncomfortable. But like you have these these beautiful people and and it's just like can you just look normal in a movie? Can you try that? Can you just can you just be, it'd be cool if you just be beautiful. The hair thing is a very uh it's a very Charlize Theron thing for for Angelina to do. But yes, that is that is 100% the thing that works the least in this movie overall is like, what are we doing with this hair? There's no world in which that hair exists uh, in 2022 if we're remaking this movie. It's, like, that gets cut immediately. It's tragic. It's so bad. I'm also, yeah. I didn't really care about her and Cage getting together. There's not a, there's no, not a, sure. there's not a ton of chemistry there. It's kind of like, I mean, Cage doesn't have a lot of chemistry with a lot of his co-stars <laughs> it's it's one of the most it's one of the biggest gaps in his uh whatever range he has and it's a real bummer because you know you got you have to right like you we, we you you constantly um have to like kind of squeeze the love story into action movies where whether they belong or not and I'm not sure there's a movie, certainly one of these action or adventure kind of movies, where you can say, "Yeah, Nick Cage has great chemistry with his co-star." It just it he it he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it at all. And so, <laughs> especially in a movie like this, where they are sort of downplaying it for for most of the movie, I I I remember being 17 or whatever when this movie came out and watching it and just almost being surprised when they they semi well not when they sem, when they do get together because it was like I knew that that would probably be a thing in this movie because that's what happens in all of these movies but there was nothing up to this point that led me to believe that those two people have ever been in a romantic relationship no. whatsoever there's just there's no chemistry between them at all Nicolas Cage just doesn't bring that side to the you know it's like we're, I mean, we're talking about Leto. When Leto is being normal Leto, it looks like mm-hmm. he yeah. the, the guy just carries himself as someone who sleeps with women and sleeps with them often. Nicholas yeah, Cage sure, is sure. too busy, and like Memphis Reigns <laughs> is too busy. He is too busy being like neurotic and odd. It's like the same like mm-hmm. National yeah. Treasure where he ends up with Diane Kruger, who is right. just, right. yeah. just yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> And he, yeah. but he's like this neurotic weirdo. Like that's just it right. just doesn't come off. It's like this movie didn't this movie isn't about that. But I mean, you know, yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, what is there anything else that didn't work for you? That's just like glaring. I've I've really only got one more. Um, 
No, I think those are my those are my big ones. What's what's your other one? Well, maybe I'm the missing Donnie is the driving instructor. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, Asian sure, woman who's sure. a terrible driver. Probably, yes, yes. probably just that doesn't pass muster. Probably, yeah, yeah probably yeah, doesn't have. You Good probably point. do something else yeah. with with him to, to yeah. get him back on board. Yes, uh, yes. Unless Michael Bay is directing, then he's still going to. Do oh that. yeah, that's, probably, that's probably happen, even so. more because they they do they do they do <laughs> double like double dipper on that uh, when, yeah, when he goes yeah. back to get the cars. Right. Yes. Let's take a a quick ad break and then get back with best scene. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so best scene. Uh, newly revamped best scene after the ad break. Kind of like I said, this one, it really gets going when the heist starts. Is there, what, what is the, are there any candidates for best scene before, before the actual heist? I point to that conversation, the Lindo and, and Cage conversation outside of the cafe, their first conversation in the movie. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm not sure anything holds merit. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say the sort of extended getting the team back together scene, that's fun, minus the casual racism. <laughs> um, but but yes, no, I, I, I think this is a move there I mean, there's a very there's a scene. There's a scene that, that is a very long scene and, and it's the last hour of the movie. Yeah. And that's the that's the part that you're uh you know, again, we kind of already touched on it, but like if this movie was made now, there's definitely a there's an there's a point li- earlier on in the script where they do something that has merit to the the uh, the plot of the movie that also is super actioning. You know, if you go if you go and you watch a Fast and Furious movie, you're gonna catch they're gonna have these sort of uh, breaks through the movie where it's like, all right, and it's time for an action set piece. Cool, John Cena just showed up and he's causing trouble, and we got to do this thing. You know what I mean? And uh, you you would have that this time around. So for me, it is it's all about that last scene culminating in um in in uh, Cage and Eleanor and and being chased in, in by uh, Lindo and the and the BMW and and whatnot. Yeah, it all leads up to that. Everything in the first hour, it's just like moments, like the, mm-hmm. the sure. Cage at sure. the Ferrari dealership. That's like a, that's mm-hmm. like thirty seconds, <laughs> and it's just he looks like he's having the time of his life. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a good lane for Cage to to be that guy. Yeah, that's a uh I would I would hazard to guess that uh car salesman guy was 
was not quite sure what Cage was going to do in that in that scene. And so when he busts out the, I'm Roger too, and you're just like, oh. And you <laughs> kind of I mean, maybe that right. guy's an incredible, <laughs> yeah, ex- gosh. It, maybe that guy's an incredible actor, but the look on his face is like, oh, wow, did not, I didn't see this coming at all. That's, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, <laughs> the scene where they have the the they're trying to get the keys out of the dog. Vinnie Jones, by the way, just like popping out the knife of like, okay, I'll take care of this is is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, the sequence when when they're on the street trying to <laughs> trying to uh, xlax the dog. That's I mean, it's not a great scene at all, but it's it's funny and it kind of shout fits out with Michael the, Pena the, in that one. Like, yeah, yeah, Michael Pena. Michael that's Pena. probably the yeah, yeah. That's that's a very early Michael Pena. I'd forgotten that he was. He was in this uh, this deep cast. Yeah, the scene where uh, where Lindo visits the garage right before the heist, it kind of kicks off the heist. Is him basically being like, "I know what you guys are doing." Duval, that's where mm-hmm. uh, that scene is really where Duval shines in this one. Mm-hmm. That, that's where yeah. he gets the the yeah. most, where he's uh, he's just chumming it up with him while he's he's revving the car engine sure. and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you get the. I mean, it's always fun when you. Um, when you get an opportunity to, to see like how where the cop and the and where the cop and the robbers sort of see eye to eye, I think is always a fun thing. It, it, not necessarily we got to humanize the the, uh, the the villains or the bad guys in this, but the him being like able to be peer pressured into getting in that car and revving the engine is is a fun is a fun bit. And you kind of see like okay, these guys there's something that they agree on at least. Yeah. So this is a this is a sort of friendly rivalry given what this movie is, you know, that, that fits the, uh, fits the movie very well. Yeah. And also, uh, the start of the heist gives us, gives us one of, uh, one of Twitter's greatest gifts, which I think I tweeted from the big street sports account tonight. <laughs> yes. It's, Let's yes. ride. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. Keep it real. Think slow. We should get through it just fine. Hello, Ryder, Donnie. Donnie, hello, Ryder. That I love again. Perfect. Again, it's more. It's more moment than scene or extended sequence. But like mm-hmm. the Donnie mm-hmm. low rider, and you see the like yes. the the old school yeah. people. Like this is a routine for them. Uh, Donnie puts on his hat and flattens the bill <laughs> and stuff like that. And Cage yeah. is, is yeah, just yeah. vibing. Um, and and yeah. it kind of rolls us into that early montage of stealing the cars. And I think that's like kind of like we said earlier is where the movie really benefits. It's like, we're just, we're not getting fancy. They roll into that Ferrari warehouse and it's like, no, we're yep. just going to drive out of here with a bunch of Ferraris. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, throw in a few bits. You know, we got the Homer with snake on the license plate and there's a freaking boa constrictor in there or whatever. And a uh, few things like that, but, but you're right. The keeping it simple, just, just steal some cars. The, the 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 complication is we only have eight hours to do this, not how hard it is to steal these cars, with the exception of the Mercedes. Yeah, we get the the one shooting. Uh <laughs> yeah. leading um yeah. I mean we haven't even talked about like Will Patton in this cast. Will Patton with a Man. with a great slick back, but being like he just knows a private doctor, no questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't? Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's weird. Uh 
Yeah, I I'm a big fan of the private doctor in a movie. That's a fun bit. Yeah, we or, get that or the in. veterinarian that fills in. Yeah, yeah. a lot of heat. A great, a lot of heat that's a great trope so far in this episode. Yeah, the Heat has yeah, yeah, the yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. It brings brings yeah. Val Kilmer. Can there. we call Heat a sports movie? Man, oh, I love. Heat. I mean, Gosh. listen, you say the word. <laughs> you say the word. Isn't isn't there some? There's got to be some sort of. I mean. We we've gone off the rails of what. Surely we're we can find a connection. Yeah. Yeah. No, you uh, you say the word and we're we're doing heat because yeah. oh, just, I mean that movie I is, that's the one where like I'm turning my sound bar up in my house as loud as it can go yeah. and just shaking the shake the the guns and like in the canyon like it yeah it just we did a we did a throwback on that episode on that movie a couple of years that's one of my top you know whatever twelve favorite movies of all time. If. If you could change the cell phones in like five scenes and then show that to somebody for the first time, they would 100% think that it was made yesterday. It is such a stunning film. It looks in, it looks, it sounds incredible. It, I mean, the acting is, I, I'm not trying to get all into heat, but I, but I am, I'm always trying to talk oh, about heat. Same. Uh, but it, it is such a timelessly perfect movie. That is a perfect movie. And I, I want to, I want to bring that thought up at the end of this podcast when we talk about before more restore because some, some yeah. thoughts on that, but that, yeah, because that, cause that's the thing about the, the cell phone, but other than that heat transitions perfectly into, into 2022. And then this one, some questions, but I, I really think it ages better than you might think. Um, mm-hmm. But just on, on best scene, I think the, the Eleanor chase is, that is a, a great, great. That's like, okay, Jerry Bruckheimer, this is this is why I paid you this money. Mm-hmm. You promised yeah. me this action sequence. This was I'm, this was in the trailer. It's a great car chase. Shout out to uh, Terminator Two and and even Grease the chase and like the yeah. the ravine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Anytime you can bring in the LA River like that, you should. Yeah. It's all it's a smart play. Oh, great setting for for a movie. The the bridge jump is so sick. I'm, I'm absolutely. It, it's it's completely like he. There's no way he clears it, but it is it is awesome my here this is like my this is a strange criticism it's a it's a it's a small gripe i i i want that jump this time around i I don't think i've noticed that in the the previous five thousand times i've watched it but it's probably just from being in a post uh fast five through nine world i want that to be a little less or a lot more <laughs> like it's it 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 and i think part of it probably is the 2000 era cgi um <laughs> but like when he flies over that thing and you're like yep totally he can do this and then it just keeps going and it it's and like it, three different it, cuts yeah yeah exactly and and by the time you get to the third cut you're like okay this is too much and at least for me and it would be it would be easier for me just to like laugh and enjoy the show if then there was like two more cuts, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's going I, and going I, and going. Just keep you're just like oh my or different angles or whatever, but you're just like holy cow, he's jumping these things. But it it sort of ha- I I think that it probably was overly ridiculous because the whole movie is overly ridiculous. It's overly ridiculous for two thousand, but now we've seen a Pontiac go to space and we've seen uh somebody j- jump a lamborghini from from one skyscraper to another skyscraper and and all these kinds of things and it's like 
I, I really do think, I think it would benefit from being a little more realistic on the jump because I understand it's not realistic at all, but, but it would, it would jive with my brain just a little bit better if it was a little bit less or like, clearly there's no world in which any of this could possibly happen, but but that is a that is a very small gripe. Yeah, or if he hops it and then he hops on the top of an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It's, I. It's like I just I just love for what it is. I'm just like, oh, of course he's ju- sure. of course he's doing the you know he's jumping yes. off the, off the yes. ramp of the bridge. Of course it's right there. Yeah, I remember seeing this in theaters, and when he when he pulls to a stop and he's looking up ahead and the and. Uh, Castlebeck and the rest of the cops are pulling in behind him and you see that uh <laughs> you see you see the ramp. I remember in the theater all of us, I think I was 17 when this movie came out, and all of us were like he's going to do it. He's going <laughs> to jump the ramp. And we're just all so excited of like yes, 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 yes. you know, it's just is going to be so cool. Uh it was it was a fun perfect age to to see Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh it was a super fun moment. Absolutely. Um the the showdown at Kalitri's right after is it's it's kind of interesting. The chase is what you were waiting for. Yeah, it's almost yeah. kind of a letdown when he gets to Kalitri's. Like you kind of want to. It's a little anti. Yeah, you kind of yeah. want to wrap up. Uh-huh. And also, like after he gets away from his men via Giovanni Rubisi with a crane, he has the yeah. jump on Kalitri. Like you just yeah. you just take a yeah. you know you take a weapon you you knock him out. Uh, you right. know, and right. then uh, I just want to give a shout out to what Lindo says when he lets him go. A brother's love is. A brother's love. Like, <laughs> he's been chasing this guy. Yeah. He even says early in the movie that not bringing him in or whatever, like has haunted his career. It's like making unfinished. He's like, you know what? I, I know why. I know why you stole. I know why you stole fifty cars tonight. <laughs> like, you can go. I can let that slide. Yeah, it's it's all good. A brother's love, man. What are you gonna brother's do? Brother's love is a brother's. But he, I mean, he does. Yeah. He does give. You know, there's a shipping. Shipping truck, shipping container. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for sending us all the cars that you just cut all the wires on and, and got all. <laughs> like, yeah, we have literally 50 insurance claims to work on now. Cool, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. The paperwork on this is going to be nonstop, but a brother's love is a brother's, brother's love. love. Brother's love. So that's a heater of a quote. I mean, I okay, so yeah. uh, just to wrap up, best scene, the, the car chase. That, that yeah. scene. Yeah. I don't, for, not absolutely. really any No question. Not debatable. Is there a quote yeah. that's better than a brother's love is a brother's love? I love when Tim, I look, I love Timothy Oliphant. Um, he is one of my, one of my favorite actors and justified is one of my favorite shows. Raylan Givens rules when he, and it's not a good line. I, I fully, I fully understand. It's not a good line, but when he, when there's that wreck and he runs up to the window and the guy's just in the, and he says, are you okay, man? Cause you just came through that wall <laughs> is a fun, I don't know. It's his, his weird delivery with his eyes big and wide and stuff is a funny. This is not a great line movie. It's a, it's the, we've kind of touched on the dialogue is not, is not fantastic. Uh, so that's probably the one that I, that I think is the, is the funniest. Um, if we can't make the, 
finger guns. All right, we're ready to go. If we can say that's a quote, because that's what I think of first when I think of of this movie. That in in place of what I would normally say, that's the that's the quote of the movie. Oh yeah. So when I first started this podcast, when I was just killing movies for being unrealistic or corny or whatever, <laughs> I wouldn't have said this. But I guess now in my old age, in my thirties, and just an appreciation for what movies are trying to be versus like what uh, any sort of standard you'd hold for movies. Sure. When it's in the, the speech cage in Urbisi and he's like, I didn't do it for the money. I did it for the cars. I was just like, that's so corny. And I absolutely <laughs> love it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's, there's a code, man. He's, he's just doing it for the love of the that's game. The thing. That's it. You know, he'd, he'd steal cars for free <laughs> yeah. if people weren't paying him, you know, <laughs> it's never a job for me, man. <laughs> okay. So, Just a kid from Akron, you know. It's uh, it's it's a good bit. It's good so bit. the Kevin Costner, Freddie Prince Jr. awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. I don't think you or I, you and I, and I, you know, listen, you might have had a previous life before you and I met. You know, maybe you do know car thieves a little better. I don't really, you know, I don't know who's a good car thief, who's not. You know, yeah. I wanted to run this question by you. So we assume that Memphis gets out after this, which like unlikely. Like Memphis is probably going to be stealing cars for the rest of his days. <laughs> who yeah. of of the crew in the movie just this is i guess how we determine good car thieves who do you mm-hmm. think of of all of memphis's squad does jail time for grand theft auto <laughs> after this movie <laughs> there's there's one guarantee I, for me i mean kip is definitely doing time yeah, oh, at kip, some yeah, point it, 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 it may be a uh at some point he figures out how to be better at it, but he definitely does he definitely does like uh four to eight uh at a, a time or two uh, in in his life um Scott Kahn <sighs> is and oh, I, yeah, I mean and yeah, I think sure. that in almost every single movie like <laughs> Scott Kahn and entourage yeah. that guy at some point yeah, is gonna do sure. time for sure yeah he's he uh man. He plays it. He do, he does that bit really well. He's he's got one lane, but he he does it. He does it pretty. Yes, no question. Scott Con is definitely is definitely uh, going to end up. He's the one that like gets caught frequently. I think if he doesn't have somebody that's really got a tight rein on on uh, how we do this this thing, he uh, he ends up in jail uh, a lot. And ultimately, he he he's in jail for life. Right? Like eventually, he gets his third strike, and he's. He's in jail. For yeah, me. he's a guy who he violates. He violates his parole or probation or whatever. Like, I don't think he ever. Sure. I think after the first time he gets popped, I don't think he ever lives a life where he's not at least on probation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. No question. No question. Uh, I, I think you could say that probably all of Kip's guys at some point, maybe maybe the guy who gets shot, who's really good with computers, decides like mm-hmm. there might mm-hmm. be a better a better use for me. Like you know, it's yeah. two thousand. Like maybe hey, I'm gonna go to ITT Technical <laughs> Institute. I'm gonna get some certification. I was gonna say I was gonna make an ITT Tech. <laughs> gonna joke. get some Dad certification, <laughs> or, or yeah. get defrauded yeah, by a four. At least get his college. associate's degree. Yeah, yeah. And, uh-huh. and do yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah. the rest of them just dumb as rocks. The uh, Randy Quaid's son from Independence Day, like steals yes. the heroin card. Yes. Total idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like the old. I feel like the old guard is kind of past that. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, they're 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 too. There may be jail time in the future for those guys, but it's not going to be for stealing cars. They're they're going to be too. They're going to be smart enough to figure out that that may be eventually a cop gets fr- you know Kesselbeck is like I'm freaking tired of Robert Duvall running circles around me and just like gets him on tax evasion or oh, something. Yeah. But they're not going to jail for stealing cars. I think. Oh yeah, that's a good call. 
Okay. Difficult, difficult category. The Lenny Harris Pinchitter Award for Best Supporting Character. Oh, man. I will say, so I just said difficult, difficult category. Delroy Lindo is, is stunning in this movie. Yeah, th- he doesn't count. He's yeah, not a supporting okay. character. Okay. In this, I think. But I, I think. we just, like, running through who is, we haven't given, like, the people we haven't really given much sign to. Like, Rabisi. I love Giovanni Rabisi. Like, he, mm-hmm. that's a guy who actually has a lot of range. He can be, yeah, he sure. can be like yeah. the slimy criminal. He can be, I don't know if uh-huh. you ever watched My Name is Earl, but he is yeah. Yeah, Ralph. I think he's, I think he's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw him in Saving Private Ryan. Like he's, uh, he's kind of shady, funny, shady business guy in Avatar. Like Giovanni Rubisi can do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Will Patton, obviously like, always Will, yeah, yeah, steady Ro- Robert Duvall. Like Robert Duvall's yeah, yeah. in this movie, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Lee. Um, I mean Scott Kahn. Like it's it is a mur- Oliphant. Like it's a murderer's row of of yeah. great actors. Chi McBride's yeah, great oh, too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so good. This yeah. cast, like today, I I feel like it costs. I mean Joe Lee. Oh Joe yeah, Lee yeah. alone. Um, but it, right, this cast right. would cost a fortune today. Yeah, no question. No question. Yeah, this is a uh, it's a deep roster. Um, that's one of the fun things about watching a movie that's 20 plus years old is, you you know, you get you get to see like who who became something out of the fifth, sixth, eighth, twelfth person on the on the call list or whatever. I think it's, it's super fun. Um, so you I mean, look, if you can't pick if you can't pick Delroy Lindo and you can't, that's not fair. Um for this one i think vinnie jones is all it's oh, cool that his, the sphinx is cool yeah. that's a cool name uh the whole silent bit is funny i mean vinnie jones is not a guy that has he's not exactly daniel day lewis or something i mean know? talk but, about but a guy who has the lane real well. vinnie jones has a lane. yeah totally totally he's 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 fun they there's a there's a world in which this movie comes out in 2005 let's say instead of 2000 and they immediately green light a series on it. And obviously Nick Cage isn't doing it. Obviously Robert Duvall is not doing it. Obviously Angelina Jolie is not doing it, but Vinny Jones is doing it. And that, 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 that series, it only goes for like 13 episodes, you know, before it gets canceled, but it's fun. And the Sphinx is fun. So I, I don't know. I mean, clearly it's Delroy Lindo is the, is the best of all of the, uh, the support work, but, but I don't feel like he really even qualifies. So, uh, I'll just uh, Rabishi's great, McBride's great, um, Jolie is great. All of them are great. Yeah, everyone it's super fun. But I like Spence. everyone is great. Like a- everyone in this movie, it's not even like it's a bunch of talented people. But you, they kind of shook out weird. Everyone is yeah. everyone is really good. I mean, Scott Kahn is essentially kind of doing what he did in Ocean's Eleven. Like he's just mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. that just yeah. a you know a year before. Yeah. Uh, Vinny Jones, big month for Vinny Jones on the show later this month. Another another movie that Vinny Jones is in. Uh, nice. So, folks, nice, if you nice. want to know, join the Patreon. Nice. Um, Man, gotta go back and you gotta go watch Vinny Jones. If you've not done this before, you gotta watch Vinny Jones. I'll put it in quotation marks. Highlights from when he was a <laughs> soccer player, the dirtiest person in the history of the sport. Like he just he was he was like Bill Lambier, uh, but. On a soccer, he was there only to hurt people. It's amazing. His highlights are incredible. Have you ever checked out Mean Machine? It is the British no, soccer version so. of The Longest Yard, starring no. <laughs> starring Vinnie Jones. 
has <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah 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 i remember has this. its yes, moments yeah, yeah. has its okay. moments yeah um <laughs> the big chill so if, if this movie does have a big chill which i'm gonna say it does when it's a very manufactured big chill the it's cage getting to eleanor i know he got history eleanor he got the theme going it, it still kind of gets me and i don't know if like the first time i watched it if it got me but you know when it's on TNT and it's two forty five in the afternoon. And I just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from prepping dinner or whatever. I'm going to sit down on my couch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch him, you know, rub his hand on Eleanor and get ready for the sweet car chase. <laughs> like I'm there for yeah. it. I know we got a history, Eleanor. And that, that history has not been great. But I promise. You take care of me, I'll take care of you. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that works really well. They do a good job of kind of building up the mythology of of him in this car, uh, which is a, which is a fun bit. Uh, so no, I I have no I have no qualms with that. If there's another one, it's it's less a chill and more like a. And we've already mentioned it forty three times, but the the whole play the music finger guns i know what i'm you know what i'm about to do i don't know if it's big chill but it kind of has that like oh yeah here we yeah, go kind of the, like the aura so, around it is yeah is great. Yeah, yeah for sure for Man, sure what a what a moment that is like that's a I, like just thinking back on cage it, does that in a lot of movies but this is the peak of doing that move, yeah of making of, of doing that move making that that kind of uh comment that this is this is his this is his Mount Mount Rushmore uh, face of like, yeah, okay. That's and that's a really important thing in crime movies, though, is how does it? Because you need you need some you need like the starting gun. You need something like we <laughs> sure. are now yeah. we are now in crime yeah. mode. We have now shifted. Right. In- you got to tell the audience what to expect. Yeah, you know what's coming. Yeah, in. it's either yeah. you know it's For either sure. like guys like changing <laughs> into you know security guard uniforms and hopping in a car or something like that or. <laughs> Yeah, um, right. you know, it's the first, it, like the dark Knight's the first guy. It's the first guy you see in a clown mask who like, uh, when they, when the, <laughs> they, the van picks yeah. him up at the beginning of the movie, it's stuff like right. that. Like right. you are now, you are now entering crime city. <laughs> Crimes will occur right. <laughs> for, for this part of the movie. Yes. And that's, that's yes. a fun lighthearted version. For um, sure. how to improve it. I think we, I think we really kind of touched on this. Like you just gotta, gotta trim some fat, man. We, we gotta get to the, mm-hmm. gotta get to the heist. Absolutely. Give me some more heist. Uh, give me earlier heist. Give me, give me something that connects the long heist to uh, earlier in the movie, so we just get get a bit, a little more of a, a taste of that. Something that that is connected to the rest of the movie, not just. I mean, it is cool when when they when he attaches the uh, the hook to uh, to Johnny B's car and pulls out the chassis and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But shout out Master P, really, by the way. That's, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I forgot to mention that Johnny uh, B is Master P. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it doesn't really connect to the rest of the movie. So yeah, you you can improve that a little bit. You could, I don't know. You you could probably. I mean, you could definitely tighten up the dialogue a little bit, make it a little a little more. I I think that the movie would benefit honestly from. I don't think you need to to make the plot more complex, oh, no. but you could make the dialogue better and smarter, just a little bit more clever on that front and. Um, it probably is uh, a, a little bit a grade higher. It's at least harder to dismiss if if the dialogue isn't 
pretty eye rolly, which which it is, and that's fine. That's a movie that's supposed to have eye rolly eye rolly uh, dialogue, but if it didn't, that'd be really cool. Too. Would it help if they're better cops? I, I guess we we didn't <laughs> we didn't unpack this, but his strategy is stick with the Mercedes keys, and he I, like he's like we're I not gonna do? tail yeah. we're not gonna tail them we're not gonna do anything like we're just gonna yeah. stick with these three cars. Right. You know what I would do? I think that I would, I wouldn't, because they, 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 they lightly touch on this. I think I would have inserted like uh, some kind of B story about why, um, about why he, uh, uh, Castlebeck is still on the, on this beat instead of the, like, you know, a, a bigger beat, maybe a, a, a bigger cases and like sort of like planted the idea that his, his, uh, his, his, uh, what's the, what's the term, his boss superior, whatever is like, doesn't trust him, thinks he's a crappy cop, thinks he's a loose can or something like that. And so that you could, cause I think you're right. I don't think that they're great cops. And I think you could pretty easily like play it off as like, he has no support from his own, his own, uh, boss and whatnot. And that's why they've got to go on a stakeout to watch this, random uh mercedes in a in a neighborhood that didn't look like it was that fancy you know and stuff like that it would it would maybe play up the uh the 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 show that he's a good cop but his he just doesn't have the the support from his uh his supervisors or whatever you could you could probably do a little bit of that you could probably add some b story with with castle Bay. yeah i like that move i like that move okay before more restore prequel sequel or remake mm. how do you feel this movie aged like if this came out right now, yeah, yeah, I don't. Th- the thing is, like, and I, I was, I, I had a, I had a dialogue on Twitter today uh, with another former guest, mm-hmm. guest of the show, Michael Felder, talking about like cell phones and computers have made crime, especially like movie crime, more difficult in ways. Like crime mm-hmm. is all like tech based sure. now. If you re, if if I mean, twenty years we're in remake territory the the crime the stealing cars and stuff would be very tech heavy one of the reasons they do it in one night is because like yeah cars can't you know cars won't be reported stolen we're like if someone backed out mm-hmm. of my driveway with my car right now i have a, like i could you know it'd be reported stolen like sure. onstar would onstar could shut it down before it gets five minutes away from my house right yeah you have like you'd have to have like a whole plot on how to shut down onstar or how to loop video into people's nest cameras or whatever and or ring cameras and um yeah it would it would have to be way more tech heavy i think that the movie holds up really well one thing it does so tech we 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 know obviously technology changes quickly very quickly and when you're you can't prevent that you can't make a movie in 2000 that has the same technology that we do in in 2022 that's not possible Mm -hmm yet maybe somebody will meet that, that technology um but it's it, you know it, it can't work but they do a, this is a movie that does a great job i think of underselling the technology side of things or like not ma- not making a big point of putting that on screen or as part of the plotting and that's partly why it it, it works so well and it and it it feels uh I don't know if time, maybe not completely timeless, but it doesn't feel like antiquated three years later, the way the technology is antiquated three years later. You know what I mean? And so I think it does a good job on that. So I think that it holds up 
quite well for now. Like I, just as long as you can go into it with the understanding of this was made 22 years ago, it wasn't made this year. So, yeah. it, you know, if you did remake this and I'm all for it, I'll just be oh, honest. Yeah. I think, if I think that comes on this Netflix is tomorrow, kind of, I'm watching it. Oh, hundred percent. This is a kind of movie that, uh, I, I would love to have, um, remade or, or, Really what I'd want is a sequel. I think this is a very, very, very generic way to look at this. I, I'm not pitching anything uh, new or cool or unique. It's been 22 years. Memphis Reigns is the Robert Duvall character now. He's he's out of the game. He's just, you know, he's running his business. And XYZ happens. New young crew comes looking for help. And then you get that... Uh, it's still Memphis Reigns. He's not playing Robert, whatever Robert Duvall's character's name is. It's it's Memphis Reigns who is the old head now. And we we hey we have to pull this heist. Here's the MacGuffin-y reason. I don't even know how to steal cars anymore. Technology has changed so much. Oh, we got the technology covered. We just need your know how, you know. And it's like okay, cool, we're good. Like I'll, I'll two hours on that. I'm so freaking I'm so in. put that on Netflix. I'm immediately. I'm watching that movie immediately. And listen, you know who's taking the phone call? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage is happy to do like, that. Like hypothetically, if you, were, if you want to do, you it. could get Nicolas Cage. You could probably get Rubisi if the check's there. Like he's not overly yeah. in demand. You yeah. can't. You, yeah. Robert Duvall is ninety-one. Like he's in, yeah. You can't get you can't get him. Can't get, you can't get can't Jolie. Get Jolie. And no it's way. very easy yeah. to write off Jolie because we listen. Yeah, yeah. Th- this relationship did thing, not work. Like, we did not have chemistry. Jolie That's in this weird. one yeah. is the one who's like the most understated, really, besides the hair. Yeah, not a whole lot for, sure. for her to do. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's why they did the hair the way they did. It's like we got to do something. <laughs> we got to do something. Yeah, I mean, we, they yeah. they did not flesh out her, that character <laughs> no, at all. No, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I would, I would watch a, a sequel or a remake, but I mean, preferably a sequel. Actually, the more I think about it, like the the concept mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of like cage back in this role and like a, a give me a car heist movie. I, I I would love like when's the last I can't even think of the last good car heist movie. Well, we got ambulance coming oh, our way. I mean, Real. cannot <laughs> this weekend. Cannot yeah. wait. Can <laughs> cannot wait. Um, Michael Bay is doing an incredible job of selling that movie, and he like, oh, this did not turn out the way I wanted at all. Cool, thanks for telling us. Perfect. That. I'm sure the studio is really right now, happy and we're still gonna truth. be yeah. still gonna be yeah. stuck seeing it. But like, as far as like good like car heist or heist, like where are you at on Den of Thieves? Oh, dude, I hated Den of Thieves. See, I, I love that's such a Shea Serrano movie. I oh, loved I the beginning of Den of Thieves. The problem with uh-huh, Den of Thieves yeah. is like I needed the beginning of Den of Thieves where it's the big heist. I needed the Benny uh-huh. Hanna scene, and then I needed <laughs> and then I needed the end heist. Den of Den of yeah. Den of Thieves suffers from what this one suffers from, but even more so is that it's it's too long yeah. in between heists. Yeah, and then you're just staring at dirty, dirty, dirty Gerard oh, Butler. Just, just like no, thank you. Just, no, that I mean you put him in him and Delroy Lindo, his character from Den of Thieves and Delroy Lindo are on the case <laughs> in the in the, the, yeah. the Gone in Sixty Seconds remake. <laughs> Big Nick. Yeah. 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 You, Delroy yeah. Lindo's oh, man, just yeah. disgusted with him. Yeah, totally, totally. You could prequel this too though, now that I think about it. You could definitely oh. if this was a if this was a bigger hit. And it's not like I mean it made money, it but made, not, um, it's not it's not two, beloved. Like it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is it's not a movie that that uh, 
that the teens are talking about or whatever. Uh, if it was, you could sequelize this so quickly, and, or excuse me, prequelize it so easily, and it would solve all your technology problems. You just base it in like whatever, 1989 or whatever. Late 80s and, car heist movie, like young yeah, hotshot car heist guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just just get the, get that crew together. Get uh get young Sphinx. <laughs> you get you get young, young Memphis. You got to recast it. We all accept this guy doesn't actually look like Nicolas Cage. Whatever. You know who I'm kind of big on and would kind of fit. So, then again, Oscar season, and I recently I, I finally got the West Side Story rewatch in. Oh, the nice. guy who nice. played Riff. Yeah, Mike Mike Feist, thought he was think, yeah. awesome. Thought he's he really was good. thought yeah. he was the best male performance of that movie. Like that guy, yeah, he's stealing great. cars yeah. in the late eighties. Yeah, let's do it. That's easy, man. That's easy money. Honestly, we should. They should make a series of this right now. That's absolutely that's easy money. Again, it's not a huge hit. I get it, but it also, in some ways, those are the those can be easier ones to. You don't have to deal with the like. If you, you make it gone in sixty seconds, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you get you exactly. get you and me exactly. who are just like whatever this is gonna be here for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. You're 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 not gonna deal with, but they ruined the character or whatever <laughs> that you get with with a lot of other beloved movies. It'd just be like, I don't know. Hey man, it's Car Heist. Are you in? Yeah, of course I'm in. It's freaking Car Heist. It's awesome. So yeah, that's 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 an easy sell. They should do that. They should they should. Uh, I would love to executive produce that uh, if they if they want to. They want to do uh, they want to do a series, either a prequel or or a a sequel. I don't care, but I'd love to be involved. Last <laughs> question: How much how much money would you give if someone was like, I have a TV show for you. I have three seasons of a TV show, three seasons, ten episodes, so thirty episodes of a TV show about Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant as uh, LA cops. A hundred a million percent in. So I mean, that's the easiest sell of all time. I those those two guys are awesome. And 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 uh, and current Oliphant. I mean, Oliphant in in two thousand was like I don't even know who I am. Just started like fresh off Scream Two, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, the current. I mean, gosh, current Oliphant and current Lindo, please. All the oh. projects. Let's make it happen. I mean, that would be th- I, True Detective season seven, right? Or whatever ooh, it is, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> so easy, so easy. This would be. Yeah. I think this is the first movie ever on the show that it it would work for a before, more, and a restore plus a Netflix series. Yeah, absolutely. Just versatile. Make that, it I mean, that's the yeah. sign of a great movie, Brian. This is great. I'm, I'm glad we we finally got this one. You you say the word on heat, and we're we're doing it. All right, yeah. Anytime you want to invite me, I'm I'm happy. You can find a way to make it a sport movie. I am I am here. Heat is is the best. I love Heat very very much. Someone's got to be watching a game in the background of that movie, <laughs> Surely. like Wangro in yeah. the hotel or something. Just yeah, like yeah, 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 something. yeah. Right or John Voight or something. Somebody's <laughs> got to be. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a there's a game on at the bar when he when he meets uh uh Amy. Yeah. They, something something's gotta be connected somehow or another. John Voigt's ponytail in that movie is <laughs> stunning. It should get its own character poster, honestly. Uh, be... incredible stuff. Brian, where can the folks follow you? Mad About Movies Podcast uh is is at, at uh on, on the Twitter. You can go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com. You can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Amazon podcast, anything, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are there. Same for spread the floor. Uh, we need your, we need your love on spread the floor. That's a tough market to break into. And, and, uh, we've been, we've been trying to, to crack into it, uh, over the last couple of years. And I think we have a pretty decent show 
if you want to follow me for some reason, it's bgill12 on uh, on the Twitter because somebody still has uh, at Brian Gill and hasn't tweeted since 2008. But I can't I can't rest it away from them. So Same with the guy me. who has uh, at Big Screen Sports. That's so annoying. <laughs> Just we got at Mad About Movies very a, a, a person a guy who used to be a uh, a critic in like I think Portland or something. Um, had it and I but fortunately it had some some bio information you know and so I was able to figure out who he was and I several years ago I emailed him and he was very kind to to let it go and let me know stuff but I cannot <laughs> I have reported at not that this matters at all but I have reported at Brian Gill as like impersonating me so many times because there's no other way that I that you can you can get that and it's very frustrating I've done the same with the at big screen sports nine <laughs> followers so, has never tweeted no bio so information yeah. it is yeah. it is an absolute <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare it is just just terrible or if, if Twitter would just increase the number of characters you could have in a uh in a handle I could do at big screen sports pod but no. Like, right. Like yeah, totally. Totally. You do something. You do something different. I don't know. A few years ago, Twitter was like, hey, we're going to because they're getting complaints about this all the time. And they're like, we're going to kick a bunch of accounts that are inactive. But then they absolutely have not done that. So weird that Twitter has not been real great at addressing all the issues that it has. But uh, yeah, it's it's still a thing. Can't believe Twitter isn't doing the right thing. <laughs> just just tough. But uh, folks, go go follow Brian. Follow Brian on Letterboxd, too. I follow Brian on Letterboxd. Letterboxd oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Greatest, well. The greatest app. Uh, the opposite of Twitter. Um, if you yeah. enjoy this episode of Big Screen Sports, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcast or Spotify. If you want to have a say in what the show covers, support the show, get schedule updates, join the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm presented by Baseball America. Tomorrow, an interview with the one and only Dallas Braden. He of perfect game fame. Uh, he of zany, huge beard, Oakland A's color guy. Just the coolest dude in the world. Guns up, Raider. Red Raider. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. He is a Red Raider. Yeah, we talk. We talk about right. that. Talk about his time at uh, at Texas Tech. Uh, great, just a generally great person. Go listen to that, and uh, we'll catch you next Monday on Big Screen Sports. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.